We are back, everybody. Uh, Nothing But Sports, episode 58 of the podcast, approaching 60 episodes. Um, We're going to go through, uh, we got a couple topics to talk about today. We're going to start in the NBA. We're going to particularly look at the Western Conference, Warriors and the Lakers, and then NFL, the news, Cam Newton, Robert Woods, Odell Beckham Jr., and then get into the standard picks that I normally do every weekend. So yeah, let's start. So let's before we get to the NFL, we're gonna start NBA. So the Warriors are ten and one, and I picked them to finish third in the Western Conference, but I didn't think they would be this good at the start. Ten and one. Now, like I said last week, it's early in the NBA season, so it's tough to judge NBA teams. But the fact that they've won. 10 of 11 games to start the season. This is not like, I don't think this is a fluke. I really don't. And it's crazy because this team is not even fully healthy. Obviously, Clay Thompson is not, not back yet. He hasn't played basketball for a while. Neither is James Wiseman. So you would think that they would also be better once they get those two back. But I don't know if this is just a hot, I, I don't know if this is just a hot start or, but I, you have to look at the way they're playing a thing. Wow, Steph Curry's playing like an MVP right now. Just passed Ray Allen for most three-pointers. It's crazy because, you know, a lot of people might not know Warriors players outside of Steph Curry, but getting Andre Iguodala back was probably a good move for them because he's still great defensively. And also just for the locker room and team spirit in general, everyone loves having a, a guy like Iguodala on the team, like a Swiss Army knife, sort of can he can do it all sort of guy. So that definitely helps. Draymond Green is playing well. Um... You know, Steph, Draymond, and Iguodala are, are a good uh, couple, three players. Jordan Poole is playing, playing great in his um, his supporting cast role. Uh, Pascal is playing pretty well. Eric Pascal is playing pretty well. So it's a good it's a good team. It um it really is. And again, you insert Clay Thompson back into this lineup, then he doesn't even have to be old prime Clay Thompson. He if he's literally just seventy five percent. Of what Clay, what he normally is. I mean, this team is, this team is unbelievable. This team is unbelievable. Uh, Wiseman, you know, yeah, he's a rookie. He comes back in. He plays about eighty percent of what he was, you know, before the injury or what you know what he was projected to be out of the draft. That's still an unbelievable team. Um, I don't even know what to say. And for how to, and for Steph Curry, I mean, he's playing like I said. Right now, he's he's probably playing. He's playing like the league MVP. I mean, I don't know how you stop him. It's crazy because he's actually shooting the ball better when being contested, which really makes no sense. So you actually should just so by the stats you should leave him open, but you obviously can't leave the greatest shooter of all time open. But this Warriors team, I think, is legit. The way they're playing, the way they're meshing, they're playing well on defense. And again, they just blew away the Bulls last night, who who have looked pretty good in the opening opening stretch of the season. And it's, um, I mean, their one loss came against Memphis. Uh, it was a tough overtime loss. Steph didn't shoot the ball well in that game. And Memphis also looks pretty good with the way they're playing. So um, uh, the, the, um, the Western Conference should be put on notice with the Golden State Warriors. I had them finishing three. Uh, that could still stand. The Suns and, and uh, Jazz could finish one and two still. But, man, what a, what a start for the Warriors. But... Yeah, I I don't really know what else to say. I mean, it blows my mind, you know, ten and one to start the year again. Will I think they might drop off a little bit, but I still think they're contenders to win the West, especially if Clay comes back. Then we got a problem. Then then the Western Conference got a problem. So that's the bit on the Warriors. Speaking of the team that's not playing well right now, the Lakers 
7-6, and six, and to be completely honest, am I surprised by this? No. I'm not surprised at all by the Lakers' poor start. The, again, I, proje- I projected the Lakers to finish 5th. Um, this team, if you look at the roster, it's clunky. They don't really, you know, it's a clunky fit. It's not a smooth sort of well, well-oiled working machine. It's a clunky machine. Westbrook does not fit into the system. He has great games, and he'll still average his triple doubles. He'll still average the 20 points. You know, he'll get, he'll still get all the stats because he's Russell Westbrook. Hell, if he came off the bench, he could be the first NBA player in history to average a triple double off the bench, but we know Westbrook isn't going to come off the bench. Personally, I think the best fit for Westbrook would be to come off the bench and be a six-man, help him run that second unit um, with Carmelo Anthony there, let him do his thing, but obviously Westbrook is not going to do that. And, you know, Westbrook is not going to do that because, you know, he's former league MVP. He ain't coming off the bench. But, you know, and again, this this is why I was saying that guys like uh, the trade for um, for De'Aaron Fox probably would have been better because Fox can't, you know, because De'Aaron Fox can shoot the ball better, but he, he also tends to, you know, he can move off the ball. He can do stuff. And the problem with Russell Westbrook is, you know, people have been saying, oh, the solution is don't let him bring the ball up the court. But then what is the point on having him on, like, on the floor? Because he doesn't really move without the basketball. He doesn't do many backdoor cuts or anything like that. And he's not going to draw any attention as far as jump shooters go, as far as, you know, an outside perimeter threat, because he, sta- he can't shoot the three ball. He's, I think he's shooting, he, his, his three-point percentage is only... Is, is going down, down, down. And it's crazy because the misses are not just misses. They're terrible. They're clanking off the side of the backboard. They're airballing. They're barely touching rim. Um, it So if he's not bringing the ball up <clears throat> and he's not handling it, he is re- there's really like no point in having him on the court. I mean, because if you remember, look at the offense he ran in Houston with James Harden. It was more of like, okay, Harden, you run the offense. I'm just stand off in the corner. Even with Durant at some points in the big game situations uh it was mostly it was mostly Durant taking it but Durant is just that good that he can be a one-on-one player and Westbrook is not and and then again another thing Westbrook is not a good decision maker uh he's just not he's one it's crazy he's one of the few point guards you will ever see that doesn't have a great feel for the game um he makes bad decisions he gets out of control he takes bad shots and he turns the ball over and I thought LeBron could help him with that to help him hone down. And I know LeBron is not playing right now injured, but it is a concern for the Lakers that LeBron has missed um, LeBron has, uh, has missed this much time already. And not it's not because I don't doubt whether LeBron can stay healthy, but the thing is, he's not Superman anymore. I, LeBron, here's the thing. This, this abdominal injury was probably something he would have played through earlier in his career. He probably could have sucked it up and played through it you know, um, for the season, he probably would have been, you know, when he was in the 20s, maybe early 30s, maybe when he was in Cleveland in 2017, 2016. But now, because he's had injuries the last two years, and he's a lot older, he's going to have to take these days off where he has nagging, when he has the smaller nagging injury, nagging injuries, he's going to have to take the day off. He's going to have to take the game off. He, he really, he really does. And, um, you know, those knickknack injuries, he's going to have to, it's, and it's just because of his age. There's nothing he can do about it. At some point, you, the, the body just, you know, it, it doesn't function as well as it used to when you get older. And that's obviously not a testament to him. You know, I don't think he's breaking down completely, but he's going to have to take these days off. And 
They just look lost without him. Anthony Davis, you can't rely on him to stay healthy. You know, he had the sprained pinky, and yeah, he's leading the team in scoring, but Davis is kind of, you, you, you can't depend on him to be there. So all of a sudden, now you're left with, with Westbrook almost, with Westbrook and Davis manning the offense. And the only reason they're 7-6 and six is because Carmelo Anthony is shooting the ball uh, <laughs> at the level that he is. That's probably not going to happen, so you're going to get a drop-off there. And the defense is not what it has been in the past years, and that's because they've gotten rid of guys like Alex Caruso, Contavious uh, Caldwell-Pope, and other perimeter defenders that were locked down. Uh, Caruso's playing great defense in Chicago. Uh, I don't know about KCP. I forgot completely forgot where he is, but he was a great defender on the perimeter. So since they've gotten rid of those guys, the defense has dropped. The defensive efficiency has dropped off, and they still really haven't addressed their offensive efficiencies as far as from the three ball. Now Malik Monk, I think, was a good move off the bench. Kendrick Nunn. I personally think they should start one of those two. Should they start Nunn or or Monk over Westbrook? I really think that could help, but since Westbrook is playing the majority of those minutes, they still really haven't addressed their their needs for offense right now. So this Lakers team and the roster and with and the way it is constructed, it just is not going to work in a heavy heavy loaded Western Conference. And if LeBron was you know 27, 28 years old, I'd think okay, you know he's got this. But with him getting older, he's gonna he's being asked to do more than he. He had been in the past with the Lakers, which is a scary thing because you can't ask LeBron to do more and more as he's getting older. It should be you'd be asking him to do a little more less every year, but that's not the case. And I, I'm going to be completely honest: the Lakers just, to me, they're just not going to. They're not going to. This is not their year. I think the championship window for for them the next couple of years has sailed with the Nets and other teams. Milwaukee, although Milwaukee doesn't look great either, but Golden State. In the West, you know, jazz, you know, the Jazz are still kicking around. So are the Suns. Mavericks are always dangerous. So it's just unfortunate. But I just don't see the Lakers doing much damage as far as this. They'll probably win a playoff series. But but I think Western Conference semifinal is kind of where the Lakers' ceiling is. Yeah, unless LeBron can play it in, you know, an unbelievable MVP level, which he might still be able to. But I don't know if he'll be able to do that. And... I think LeBron's on a miss about, I think he's going to miss like 25, 30 games a season. But in order for the Lakers to probably have a shot at the title, he's gonna, he won't be able to miss that many games going forward. But we'll see. It's still early, but I'd be pretty concerned if I was a Lakers fan. Okay, enough about the Nets, now about the NBA. Let's get into the NFL. So let's start with um, let's start with Odell Beckham Jr. So obviously Robert Woods, we just got the news today, is out for the season with torn ACL. That's a big blow, but they've got Odell. Um, he's going to play Monday night against the Rams. Uh, not against the Rams. He's with the Rams. Uh, against the Niners. I like this fit. Um, I do. Odell, he doesn't have to be a number one receiver here. Cooper Cup is the number one wide receiver. They've got a steady run game with Daryl Henderson um, and Sony Michelle. And they've got you know good a good tight end, Tyler Higbee. So it's a, it's a really complete and good offense and a good play caller so Odell doesn't have to be the number one wide receiver and I think he fits into the system well they'll probably put him they'll probably put him in the slot a lot more or or they'll flank him out wide but I think he'll mostly be playing slot receiver which helps because he's a great route runner so expect a lot of those crossing routes and he he tend he and you get him in open space in those crossing routes he can do some damage so it's a good fit it's a good fit for him and for the Rams it's just it just it's just another weapon to add. Um, now they're gonna have to compensate that Robert Woods is gone, but Matthew Stafford is 
he's, he's still got all the tools to succeed. He's got cups. He's got cup. Uh, Beckham now, Daryl Henderson, Tyler Higby, um, Sony Michelle, and Van Jefferson. Even he's see Van Jefferson's actually played uh, pretty well this year. So it's um it's it's a, it's a scary offense. And McVeigh has got a brilliant offensive mind. You know you can say what you want about you know him when he doesn't have the lead, and a part of that is true. But he's a, he's he's an unbelievable play caller, and I expect Odell to have a good good season. Now I don't know about his impact on Monday night. It might take him a little bit, maybe two weeks or so, for him to learn the offense. But the good news is I think the Rams have a bye week after this. So they sign him now. He'll play Monday night with the with, against the 49ers. I don't know if he'll have a huge impact, like I said, just because getting it's going to be tough to get used to the playbook. But I think having the bye week will really help him. And then next week, I think we might start to see the um, him start to contribute. Or not next week, the week after him start to contribute to the offense a lot more, but I think he'll have a reserve day uh, this coming Sunday. But as far as down the line, I mean, the Rams are all in. I mean, they've got the offense. They've got the defense now with Von Miller, who's going to play this Monday night, didn't play last last Sunday after they got, when they got rocked by Tennessee. But I'm liking LA. You know, my pick, for my sleeper pick for the Rams, or my sleeper pick for Matthew Stafford to win MVP and the Rams winning that division against the Cardinals is looking good, even though the Cardinals are 8-1. Don't count the Rams out just yet in that division. Now, there is another interesting move. Cam Newton is going back. The former MVP is going back home to Carolina. He was, after he was released, you know, got picked up by New England, got cut before the season started. Uh, I mean, for Carolina, it's, it's a, it, I said the same thing when New England signed him. It's a low-risk, high-reward situation. What's the worst-case scenario? Okay, he doesn't play well. You, you, you cut him. That. That's it, and you, and that's it. You you cut him and you go with PJ Walker, one of your backups going forward, or you can even keep him in the QB room as a backup. I don't know if he'll like that, but you can do that if he plays well. Hey, you've got a guy to st- maybe help you save the season, and who knows what the situation is with Sam Darnold? Honestly, with the way Sam Darnold's playing, they might want to trade him away because he looks absolutely horrible. He looks like I still had some belief in Darnold after he was traded to the Panthers. I felt like he was being victimized by Gase, but he just looks absolutely horrible without McCaffrey. Um, he, he just looks absolutely terrible. We like the Panthers offense was inept without him. So, and now him being out for four to six weeks, you don't think PJ Walker is going to do much more. So, Hey, let's pick up Cam Newton. Maybe he can pick up a couple wins and help stabilize the ship for Carolina. You know, just hover around the 500 mark because although the NFC is top heavy, those uh, seeds six and seven are probably one team could probably get in there with a 500 or maybe just a 500, you know, just a uh, 500 record or a record just above 500. So Newton's coming in. Maybe he gets, you know, two wins in the next four games or three wins or, you know, he goes one game over, you know, something like that. I'm not really, you know, he goes, let's say he goes 500. Then all of a sudden, you know, he stabilizes the ship, keep them there. Right now, that's the ideal thing for Carolina. Stabilize the ship because they are sinking and they are sinking fast after starting 3-0. They've still got a great defense. As long as Newton can move the football somewhat effectively and not turn it over, I think the Panthers will be fine. They're not asking him to go out there and throw for 300-plus yards. If he has a couple reserve, you know, just a couple solid games, like 220 yards efficiently, two or three touchdowns, I think they'll be fine because their defense is more than good enough to um to handle that load. If the Panthers' offense could just give them get get 20, 23 points, 26 points, 
the the Panthers defense is more than capable enough to have that margin and you know to have that amount of amount of points and win the game. But they've just been getting completely shredded them giving up, you know, they've only got three against the Giants. Um and a lot of their games where they score 30 points, it's more of just in garbage time. They don't actually put up the points when it matters, which is really disappointing. But um again, it's a nothing it's a nothing to lose situation. I think Cam's got some stuff left in the tank. I don't think he's gonna play this Sunday because he just I don't know if he'll be able to learn the playbook that quickly because even though he's been to Carolina, this is a very different offense to what um to what Sam what Sam Darnold runs. Or I mean it's a lot different of an offense than uh what Cam was used to. It, uh Sam Darnold is a lot different, more of a straight drop back passer, although Darnold can move. Now, I guess the one upside if, if for Cam playing this Sunday is they knew Darnold was going to be out, so maybe they've been game planning for P.J. Uh, Walker, and uh, Walker has the ability to move and be mobile, so maybe Cam does start and they can plug him in to that offensive scheme. Maybe they're starting to design, but it's going to be very interesting. I hope, I, hope it, I hope Cam plays well because I think the NFL has done him a disservice, and I say that by meaning... You know, he a part of the reason he's gotten so injured in his career, yes, of his physical style of running, but the officials haven't helped him out. I mean, Cam Newton has, I think he's got one roughing the passer call or only like in the, one roughing the passer call in the last like seven years he was in the league because of his size. You know, he's standing there like a normal QB in the backfield and he gets absolutely drilled. Think about the game after uh, the first game of the season after they lost the Super Bowl. So this... Uh, First game, the opening game of the 2016 season where they lost to Denver um, when Graham Gano missed the game-winning field. He took some shots there, some some shots that any other QB would have taken. There would have been 15-yard penalties thrown, but because of his size, they didn't throw him. So I really feel like they've done him a disservice as far as flag calls go and keeping him safe. And also, you know, people always bring up the thing, oh, you know, Newton hasn't played well in six years. He hasn't played well since 2015. That is not true at all. Look at the numbers. 2015, they went to the Super Bowl. They lost. He won the MVP. 2016, the year after, they went back to the postseason as a 10 or 11 win team, and they lost to the Saints in the wild card game. That was in 2016 or 2017. And then, keep in mind, I think it was 2017 or 2018, the team started off 6-2, and two, and he looked all of a sudden like an MVP candidate. Then they gave up 50-plus to Pittsburgh. Newton got injured again. He had a shoulder injury. And then it all came downhill. That was 2018. In 2019, he had the foot surgery in the offseason, and then they cut him. So it's not like the dude hasn't been good since the MVP season. After the MVP season, he has followed it up with three pretty good, three very good seasons. So there's probably still a lot. So this mantra that he hasn't played well since the MVP season is just complete BS because he has followed it up with good seasons. Now, whether he can get back to that level... I don't know, but if he can maybe get back to 85, 90, 85% of that MVP level, which I think he might be able to do, I think that's a good, I think Carolina would take that. But I'm praying that he does well. He didn't look, he didn't look great in New England, but the New England situation was tough. And I say that because I just don't think he was a good fit in New England. Um, Belichick is very old school. So his, so he, you know, he, that's why they drafted Mac Jones. He, Mac Jones actually draws a lot of comparisons as far as Brady goes not in you know the talent level but as far as you know the style sort of just a normal dropback QB who doesn't move a lot you know all these all these quarterbacks are starting to all these quarterbacks are starting to be able to move be athletic outside the pocket Mac Jones is one of maybe the least athletic quarterbacks 
right now, as far as as far as the younger guys go, he can move, but you know he's not fast or anything. I think Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels like those sort of like those sort of quarterbacks. So Cam Newton being mobile, I just didn't think that it helped him a lot. Cam Newton's biggest asset is his legs. He can throw the ball well, but he's inconsistent while throwing. But he can still run. So I think the Panthers could be a good situation for him. And again, Carolina's got nothing to lose with the way their season's going. All right, let's get into the picks now for this league. Last week was another bad week. I went 7-7, seven and seven, finished 500. But in my defense, I didn't think the Bills were going to lose to the Jaguars. The Monday Night Football curse of, of the Manning Bros is real. So that was one game I didn't expect. And it honestly looked like the Falcons were going to choke. I think after the Falcons gave up the lead 25-24, we were all thinking, oh boy, here comes the Falcons choke. Falcons going to Falcon. But they somehow were able to escape. But yeah, let's get it. And I also didn't think the Giants would play the way the way they did against the Raiders. So, you know, I'm not happy, but I guess looking at it, it's it kind of makes sense why I'd go 500. But I'm 0-1 to start the week because I didn't think Miami would beat uh, Baltimore. But with the way Miami played last night, that was the Miami defense I was expecting coming into the season. That's why I picked Miami as a sleeper team. That was that was the way they played last night. Uh, on Thursday night defensively was what I thought they would we would get from them this whole entire season, especially after week one in New England. I thought we'd get that defense, you know, for the entirety of the season. And honestly, the Dolphins can crawl their way out. They've got a um, they got a favorable schedule coming up. Uh, they've got a favorable schedule coming up, so maybe they can crawl their way out of that three and what was now one and seven, now three and seven hole. But let's start with this week's. Uh, so I'm only one to start, but now let's start with the first game, Falcons Cowboys. This is a really interesting game. For some reason, whenever these two teams play, <clears throat> it's always a shootout because both teams always have a very good offense. But I'm gonna go with the Cowboys, and even after last week's surprising loss in Denver, and here is why. I think last week's loss at home to Denver was an outlier. I don't think we're gonna see the Cowboys look that bad. For the rest of the season, I think it was just one of those games that I think they needed it to get knocked back down to earth. I enjoyed it because I hate them, but I don't think that's going to happen again. I think they're going to be alert, ready to play, so they get the win over the Falcons. And um, also, Falcons don't have Calvin Ridley, so that's a big that's a big miss. They're going to still be without him. Um, still, they're going to still be without him. Um, Cowboys, I think, have a solid enough defense. I think it's going to be another high-scoring game, but I've got the Cowboys coming out on top. I also think Prescott is not going to... I don't think Prescott's going to ever look like that in his career again. I think he was probably a little rusty because, remember, he was still he he came off the injury and he didn't play against the Vikings. Cooper Rush came in. So I think he'll be a lot better, and I think they'll be ready to play this time. So that's why I've got the Cowboys over the Falcons. Next one. Saints versus Titans. Um, I've got Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee just put Julio Jones on the IR for three games, but I think they're going to be okay. Um, the Saints, uh, I picked them to win last week, not because I believed in Simeon, but I believed that their defense would do enough. Matt Ryan played really well against the Saints defense. Um, Tennessee is just one of the top teams right now. Let's, let's be honest. I just think they're too hot right now to lose to a New Orleans team without... Uh, James Winston, Alvin Kamara's not playing. So Mark Ingram's going to get the load of carries, but Mark Ingram uh, is not Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara is pretty much almost their whole offense now that they don't have James Winston. 
um, and Michael Thomas. He, he's pre- he was pretty much at the point that he would he, he would pretty much he was pretty much their whole offense without Michael Thomas and Jameis Winston. But now he is gone because he would a lot of Simeon's throws would be you know checkdowns to Kamara and they'd let him get use get him let him get loose in um, for yards after catch the yak. But now that he's gone. I think Tennessee does their thing. Also, with the way the Titans' defense played last week versus the Rams, wow. Um, I don't know if they'll replicate that, but even if they play somewhat close to that, they'll be set for this game. So I've got the Titans. Titans might be the hottest team right now in the NFL. I think the Titans beat the Saints. Uh, Colts versus Jaguars. I didn't think this would actually be a debate, but... Last week, I said that if the Jaguars beat the Colts, I mean, the Jaguars beat the Bills, I'd be flabbergasted because I didn't even do a preview for it. I literally just wrote down Bills win because the Jags stink. But the Jags somehow won 9-6. to They held the Bills without a touchdown. It was unbelievable to watch. I know the Bills have so many offensive line issues, but they would still be able to beat a team like Jacksonville. That being said, I don't think the Jags are going to be able to replicate their performance. I think the Colts are getting healthier and healthier. They're playing a lot better football. The Jags are also playing good football. Uh, to be fair, after starting 0-6, they're 2-1 in their last three. But I'm going to go with Indianapolis. I still don't trust the Jaguars. I, I honestly think last week might have just been one of those crazy weeks because there were so many upsets. I mean, the last couple weeks, there's been so many upsets. I think it was just one of those crazy off days for, um, for Buffalo. So that's why I'm going to go with the Colts to win. Carson Wentz has had a good season. Uh, I think he'll have a fine game, and the Colts' defense is starting to play a lot better, so I think the Colts take down Jacksonville, who's surprisingly somewhat surging right now. Next one, Browns versus Pats. I had New England, but I crossed it out and put Cleveland. Cleveland is really tough to pick right now, just because they've been so up and down throughout the season, but here's the reason I've gone with the Browns, okay? Both teams, the identity is run the football. Run the football, and everything is complimentary to that. But the, what makes this even more interesting is both teams are depleted in the backfield. Uh, no Kareem Hunt, no Nick Chubb for the Browns, no um, Stevenson, and no Damian Harris for the Patriots. So it's uh, who's, who, which one of those players is going to step up more? And that's why I've gone with Cleveland. Just because I think Dearness Johnson, with the way he played against Denver those last couple weeks, I think will do enough. To get the win, I think they're going to have a steady game on the ground. New England's got a great defense. They really do. But Jack Conklin is, should play, so that'll help them as far as offensive line and blocking goes. And I do think I do think the Browns have put the Odell Beckham Jr. situation behind them, and they're focused and ready to play. I know New England is coming in playing great football, but I'm going to go with Cleveland, but it's a toss-up. It really is. This is one of those games that can go either way, 50-50. But I've got the Browns edging them out. Edging out the um, the Patriots in a tough one. The Browns are getting healthier and healthier as the season goes on. Although uh, Jeremiah Awusta Korma might not play, but with the way the Browns played against against the Bengals, holding them to 16 points, scoring 41, I think I'm gonna go with them. Um, but again, it's it's tough because the because the Pats have been playing really well. You know, a couple good wins, but I'm gonna go with Cleveland for this one. Next one, Lions versus Steelers. I think at this point for the Lions, it's just trying not to finish 0-17. Pittsburgh is surging after starting 1-3. They're 5-3 now. Their wins have been scrappy, but they're getting the wins. So I'm going to stick with the Steelers on that one. Buccaneers, Washington. Uh, Buccaneers, 
I think uh, both teams are actually coming off the bye week. I've got Tampa Bay. I think it's a reset for Tampa. I think the bye week couldn't have fallen for them any better after losing to the Saints. And Washington has just lost Jonathan Bostick for the game. I don't know about the season, but that's another hit. That's a hit to the defense who's already not lived up to expectations. And I think Tom Brady has a field day with this team, this defense. Although the the Washington defense has played better in the past, but they're just not like looking like the old Washington defense from last year. And I think Brady right now, if the season were to end, you'd give him the MVP award. And so that's why I've got the Buccaneers coming through. I think Tom Brady has a field day against Washington. Now, if this was last year game, last year like the playoff game, I think it would be a lot closer because of Washington's defense. But no, Buccaneers should easily pull this one out. Um, Panthers versus Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals is you know they're they've got their injuries. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray, uh, Ronald Moore uh, will all be game time decisions. But regardless of who plays for the Cardinals, I've got them winning the game. They proved they could get it done last week with Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy actually played an unbelievable game versus the Niners. He went like 22 for 26 or something like, or 22 of 28 or something. He was really good, (laughs) which is kind of crazy. They proved they can get it done. And the main reason they can get it done is their defense. The Cardinals defense is very underrated. That was my big question for them coming into this season. Could their defense hold up? And even without J.J. Watt, They've still been playing very good, and uh, the Panthers also, I don't think Cam Newton's going to play, so it might be P.J. Walker, but the lack of offense, I was just talking about it, but just the lack of offense, I just don't see them getting it done. I think the Cardinals just keep the Panthers in check, hold them to like 16 points, and Colt McCoy and the Cardinals do enough to many the ship. If Kyler Murray plays, this game won't be close, but... If Colt McCoy plays, we might have a different story as far as the game being close. But either way, I've still got the Cardinals going through. Next one, Eagles versus uh, versus Broncos. I've got Denver just because of the way their defense played last week against Dallas. Now, I know I was slewing Dallas for not being ready to play earlier. But you got to give credit to Denver. They showed up. And after trading away Vaughn Miller, it looked like their season was going to be, you know, they were just giving, you know, at some point giving up on the season or like, you know, rebuilding for next year. But um, but yeah, they played really well. Uh, expo- um, exploited the, the, the holes the Cowboys had in the offensive line. Put pressure on Dak Prescott. Even without Patrick Sertan, and they played a great game. I think they'll do a similar situation to Philly. I am just not a believer in Jalen Hurts being the future. I'm really not. Like, I mean, he's had a couple good games, but he, to me, I, he just, I just don't think... He was the guy. That being said, he'll probably torch the Giants because that's how normally it goes. But I, he's, I just don't think he's the guy for this for this team. And I think Denver has another good day, um, good day uh, on defense. But um, also, as far as the Eagles' defense goes, they've been struggling as of late. Um, ever since they lost Brandon Graham, so I think Teddy Bridgewater has a good game. And Denver gets a scrappy win. I think it'll be scrappy, but I've got Denver pulling it out. Next one. Probably the best game of the week, Seahawks versus, or now uh, one of the best games of the week, Seahawks versus Packers. We're coming down to the final three games here. Who do I like in this one? Um, I like the Packers. I know Russell Wilson is coming back. Uh, Schefter just announced that um, Rodgers cleared protocol for COVID and everything. So he is good. So we've got the Aaron Rodgers-Russell Wilson matchup we all wanted. But I've got the Packers, and here is why. Yes, the Packers lost last week 13-7. to But if you're a Green Bay fan, 
You had to be encouraged with what you saw from the Packers' defense. Holding the Chiefs to 13 points, they scored on their opening drive, and then after that, they had they could not score a touchdown. They couldn't get into the end zone. And honestly, with the Packers, you're looking at it, you know, you take away the missed field goal and then the blocked field goal, you're looking at a tie game, and maybe if Jordan Love doesn't throw that interception, you're potentially looking at maybe the Packers actually, actually winning that game because of their defense. And so with the way their defense is playing, I think they can do it. And not only, and obviously now you had Aaron Rodgers back in, so they're back to one of the top offenses in the league. And if the Packers have a steady defense, look out. That's a really dangerous team. That, I think that'll put them over the top to win the Super Bowl. Um, but I've got, I've, so that's why I've got Green Bay coming in. I know Russell Wilson is back, and I think he'll, be, he'll do fine. But I just don't trust the Seahawks defense. The Seahawks defense is still terrible. I mean, absolutely horrible. Uh, they've actually played better in the last couple of weeks, but they're just still not a good, a very good defense. <laughs> so I think Aaron Rodgers has a big day passing the ball, and the Packers' offense has a big day, and they beat the Seahawks. Not relatively easily, but because Russell Wilson can always pull a miracle out, but they beat him. The Packers win. Next up, Sunday night game, Chiefs versus Raiders. Uh, I've got the Raiders, and that might come as a surprise. Both teams did not look good last week. The Raiders did not look good losing to the Giants, and the Chiefs, although they beat the Packers, did not look good only beating them 13-7 when they had Jordan Love in there. Um, but here is why I've run, I've run with, the, um, with, the, uh, with the Raiders to win the game. If you look at the Raiders game last week against the Giants, you know, like, oh, wow, they only scored 16 points, but they moved the football relatively well. You know, they moved it up and down the field a well, you know, Carr through the pick six and the interception, but they moved the ball well. They just couldn't finish in the red zone. And, you know, you could say, oh, you know, that's not a good thing. And it is obviously, you know, when you can't finish in the red zone, that's that's not a good thing. But the Giants actually, believe it or not, for how bad they have been, and I've said how disappointing their defense has been, has the sixth best red zone defense. The Giants is a bend, don't bro- but don't break defense. So they basically did what they normally do, and they kept their opponents out of the end zone. So that makes it maybe a little less, a little better for Raiders fans because the Giants have a good red zone defense. But you look at the Chiefs' red zone defense, they're 28th out of 32. They have one of the worst red zone defenses, and again, they only allowed seven points. That was against Jordan Love, and they really could have allowed, you know, 16 or something. They've played well in the last couple weeks, but they're still not a great defense. And that's why I've got the Raiders winning, because I think the Raiders are going to move the ball up and down the field, but this time, they're going to put them in for touchdowns. I think the Raiders are going to score almost, you know, hang, uh, score 38 or something. And normally in a shootout, I take the Chiefs, but <clears throat> the Raiders do have a be- actually do have a better ranked defense than the than the Giants. Or um, I don't know. I don't think they have a better ranked defense than the Packers. But the Raiders still have an average defense, you know, a mid to average defense, which is fine. But let's be honest, this Chiefs offense is not clicking for some reason. I don't know what it is. Actually, I think I do know what it is. It's the fact that they lack depth. Who do they have on the offense besides Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill? I mean, their second, probably their target after that would be Byron Pringle or McCole Hardman. And I'm sorry, Josh Gordon and Josh Gordon, but Josh Gordon is just not, 
I mean, he just hasn't been great ever since he's come off the we you know even in Seattle he wasn't good he wasn't great in New England either besides the, you know once after the Cleveland years he just hasn't been a great receiver he just hasn't you know he hasn't gotten the receptions he hasn't run the right routes so you know I'm not surprised that he's not playing well right now and the Chiefs offense looks sort of why I personally think the Chiefs are a little broken from the Super Bowl still the way they got crushed in that Super Bowl but that's why I've got the Raiders coming through and if the Chiefs do win then it's a big testament to them because they looked really bad against the Giants when they when they beat them. Also, people are saying, hey, the Raiders only scored 16 against the Giants. Chiefs only beat the Giants 20-17 to 17 at home. They needed a last-second field goal and a couple bad penalties by the Giants to win. So if you look at it from that way, they both are not playing great football. So that's why I've got the Raiders coming through over Kansas City. Uh, although if the Chiefs win, like I said, it'll be a big statement game for them, winning three straight in, in a division that is so tightly contested, but all the teams don't have great records. The Chargers are winning the division with a 5-3 and three record. Then it's a three-way tie with Denver, Raiders, and KC at 5-4. and four. So I've got the Raiders, but besides, I've got the Raiders pulling it out. Last one, 49ers-Rams. I think the Rams are due for a bounce-back game, and they get their win over the 49ers. Um, 49ers have been a mega disappointment this year, and not just because of injuries, but just in general. I mean, Kyle Shanahan, you look at his coaching besides the one Super Bowl year, what has he done besides the one year when they went to the Super Bowl, when they had the best defense in the league, which clearly most of it, which clearly Robert Sala deserves a lot of credit for because ever since he's left, the defense has just not looked the same. I mean, it's, it's, um, then, then resume, then the resume of Shanahan just doesn't look good. They've been super disappointing. Uh, they couldn't even get the win last week against Colt McCoy, and I just don't think they're going to be able to put the amount of pr- the same amount of pressure that the Titans put on Matthew Stafford. I don't see that happening. I think Stafford has a good game, and even without Robert Woods, the Rams' offense gets it done, puts up enough points, and they win this NFC West showdown. And I think the Rams they really need it. They really need it, and I think they get it here. They get the win, and like, like I said, for the main reason in that. The 49ers won't be able to pressure Matthew Stafford and pretty much just abuse the Rams' offensive line like the Titans did. Because keep in mind, coming into that game last week, Rams had only allowed like eight sacks on the year and they gave up five. So it was just really uncharacteristic to see from that Rams O-line. I think they're due for a bounce-back game and they get a good win over their divisional rivals. Uh, So yeah, those are my picks for the week. Let's hope I have better luck than I have... In the last two weeks, in the last two weeks, I've just felt like the close games have gone against me. But in the first couple weeks, you know, the games were going my way. So we're going to see. Hopefully I can have a good picking week. But uh, yeah, thank you all so much for listening. And I will see you again next week. (laughs) Actually, um, I know I just did my outro and stuff. As I was packing up, I forgot that I didn't pick the Vikings versus Chargers game. I'll go with the Chargers for this one. Um, Minnesota is one in three on the road this year, and they've had a couple really tough losses. And I, and usually, and I might pick the Vikings in another situation because Herbert, uh, Justin Herbert tends to struggle with uh, disguised defenses, and Zimmer tends to run a lot of that with the Vikings. But the Vikings are going to be down their top three players on defense. So that's why I've got the Chargers winning. They're bouncing back after the two couple losses. They picked up a good win on the road in Philadelphia. Anytime you can beat the Eagles on the road, I classify as a good win because of how loud and crazy their fans are but yeah I've got the um the Chargers pulling through against the Vikings I mean the Vikings lost to Cooper Rush so (laughs) 
that was a real disappointing. I think that's the real situation that told us how um, how disappointing the Vikings were. But I got the Chargers over the Vikings. And yeah, that is now officially it for the episode. That was the one game I forgot to pick. Uh, once again, thank you guys so much. Actually, just, uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. <laughs> this is officially the end of the episode. And I'll see you again next week.